Hi there, welcome to I Minored in Art History. My name is Jocelyn. I just like really went for it right there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good this job. This is Nisa. The, I'm, yeah, thank you for that. I like to be the one to share that though. <laughs> My name is Nisa. And, uh, Nisa. yeah, I guess welcome. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to our pod. You know, and I've heard that, uh, you know, my voice is only half sexy through this, so I, I guess, sorry about that. I've only got one uh, <laughs> headphone ear on my ears, so I can make sure I'm actually talking at a normal volume instead of just what I can hear in my headphones. Yeah. Because... But that only leaves my voice to be heard through one earphone, which means it's <laughs> half sexy. No, I can still hear you next to me. I want it to be full sexy. It's full sexy. I mean, I feel slighted, but that's okay. All right, well, let's let's tell them what's about. What what is it about? What are we doing here? What Why is are we this here? About? Why are we here? Great questions, Nisa. <laughs> I don't know. I'm in your those. house. Those are great, great <laughs> questions, actually. Um, so why did we start this? Because we could. Because we can. Because we can. Because we do. Because we want to. <laughs> we want to talk about art history. We just want to talk. And make it kind of funny, maybe. None of it's funny. None of it's funny, but we're gonna make it that way. I'm not funny. And then we're At gonna least I know that. we're gonna talk to you about some other stuff too. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff I need to say. Oh my god, Nisa has. I have a chip so on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? I mean, mine's a big one. Who does not? The big old chip. Yeah. But okay, so this is I'm in our history. Thank you for the very abrupt, immediate. <laughs> to the point intro about that and it's about um stories we tell each other well history we tell each other yeah we're talking about, about art. history beautiful beautiful art well, we i art. did not minor in art history i just have a degree in illustration I'm, um i minored in art history jocelyn minored in art history and she did wonderful at it oh, she also you. has a degree in graphic design though <laughs> so welcome folks welcome to the pod yeah we hope that uh, you're not scared away yet, because we have so many great things to tell you. I know I do. Nisa's got the best things to tell you. Yeah. yeah. Should I should I tell them about about yeah. my dating history, my boys? Did you want to do that first? <laughs> Did you want to do art history stuff first? I feel like we should do art history stuff first. Yeah, let's not scare them. At least let's listen. Yeah. Let's educate them before we educate yeah. them about my love yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is pretty good. <laughs> so... Do I go first or do you go first? Do you want to go first? Oh, I can. You want me to? Yeah, I'll go first. You can go first. That oh works. man, I have a big old story to tell. Okay. It's. I can't. I gotta. I wrote all of this down, and I was saying this earlier, but I don't have my laptop because my cat knocked my laptop off of my counter. Rest in peace. Yeah. Rip. So instead, I had to write a story by hand to share with you today. <laughs> oh, taking it analog, baby. Yeah. And I have not written anything in, in so long that my hand got super duper sweaty. I was sitting in the cafe that I worked in today and I just kept asking for napkins. And the lady was really, really concerned. She was like, did you spill something? I was like, no. She's yes. like, what's going on? I was like, my hands are really sweaty. She's like, well, you did just drink an entire latte really fast. And I mean, she didn't say it as bluntly as that, but that's I felt attacked. She wanted to say it that way. I mean, she really seemed like she was going for me like hardcore. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's my story, is I sweated a lot, and it was bl through blood, sweat, and tears that I created this story, so Amazing. I hope you enjoy it. Wow. <laughs> but 
But my story today, well, it's not really a story, it's history. So I don't know how you can say it's a story, but I don't know. It's a story. Story time. History. Mine's about uh, Carvaggio. We love Carvaggio. Y'all remember him? Well, nobody who's not studied art history wouldn't remember him, but he's the, he's the dude that you always study when you study uh, yeah. chiaroscuro, which is like yes. the contrast between light and dark. Mm -hmm. He is the go-to dude because he like pretty much invented it. And I got so annoyed every time in class when they would bring him up because they would they would literally do the same two paintings, and he painted a ton of stuff. Right. So they would do the Medusa one, and then they would do the one of him with the the players, the card players, where he's got the cards behind his back. Yeah. Do you remember that one? Yeah. That's the ones that I remember, um, which are in the store, but there's also a fuck ton of other paintings in oh, the store. Oh, excellent. So you're welcome. Thank you. But anyway, his full name is Michelangelo Marisi de Caravaggio. I'm not Italian. Don't hold me to anything I'm saying <laughs> right now. And he was born September 29th, 1571 in Milan. Oh my gosh, so we just passed his birthday by like a month almost. I know, happy Almost birthday. to the day, as well, of this recording. As of this recording, I should say, because yeah. we don't know if we're ever going to release this. <laughs> no, we're releasing it, don't worry. We're going to release it? Yeah, totally. Okay. I just might have to edit it. Just shoot way. it out of, the, out of a fucking cannon in the middle of downtown St. Pete. I've already got the Anchor account set up. It's ready to roll. I just got to upload to it. Okay, you're in charge. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Mom. Because <laughs> I don't have a laptop. Yeah. I would help, but I can't. My hands are tied. I know. Fuck you, cat. Actually, I love my cat. She's beautiful. She is so pretty. She's such a pretty little beautiful I creature. I love her. Like, oh, Take back on. everything I said. I love you. Mm -hmm. I love you too, Jocelyn. I love you too, Nisa. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, about Caravaggio. So, we all know about his chiaroscuro stuff, um, also known as tenebrism. Mm, yes. So basically depicting subjects in a bright swath of light and then using shadows to provide a ton of depth. But I know him for being a total fucking badass and a murderer. And so, a murderer. He was a murderer. God, mm, I had a little growl. Yeah. Ooh, mur murderous. <laughs> so he was born in Milan to his father, Fermo Mavicki. Um, who was an architect and an administrator to the Marquis of Caravaggio, mm. which is um, where he got his name. That's Francisco Storza. I don't think names are important, but I, they're beautiful Italian names, so I had to put them in there. Yes. Um, so that's where his family eventually moved. So the reason why they moved was for his dad's job, but then also there was a plague, which, you know, obviously we're familiar with, um, going on in Milan at the time. So yeah. his family was like, let's get the fuck out, and then they went to... Uh, Caravaggio, but unfortunately the plague followed him. So his father and his grandfather died in 1577 on the same day. Wow. And he was about five to six years old. So, um, that was a bummer. That is a bummer. Yep, and then when he, so he got a little older, he grew up in Caravaggio, mm -hmm. and then when he was 12, he was contracted to apprentice with Simon Pietrozano in Milan. And so, right after he moved to go to his uh, apprenticeship, his mom died. Man. It's a real bummer. That's rough. It's a bummer story, man. Well, 
During that time, it was well known that he was a little shit, and he didn't pay attention to any of his studies or do anything that uh, was related to working with his master, just because he didn't like the way that his master painted, because his master was like really good at frescoes, and that was like not mm-hmm. his thing. Mm-hmm. So he just started Frisco goofing later. off and started like learning how to play with a sword. That's pretty sick, actually. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm a 12 years old, I'm gonna be a fucking badass. Yeah. So, I mean, paid off for him like later in his life, which we'll find out, but like... Yeah. Anyway, page flipping. So, um, during the time in Milan, the thing that was going on was a religious reformation. So there was a, this dude, Charles Borromeo, who was a, um, I think he was like a great archbishop. Or, uh, bishop? Bishop? Yeah. An archbishop? Yeah. Okay. That's a thing. That's. A, I mean, I grew up in a Catholic school, so do you think I should fucking know it? I mean... I have no idea. I've, I've heard that word. <laughs> he was a... He was a dude with a lot of influence. A lot of influence. So he, his whole thing was that he believed people should, the lowest in society should be the responsibility of the church. Which was before kind of like the opposite, where it's like the church exploits people for riches. Mm -hmm. And like you give all your money to the church for like penance. And then if you are poor because of that, it's, you know, your fucking problem. The priest should be, you know, opulent and all of that. Which was kind of reflected in all of the paintings that were done at the time, because they were set in gold frames. They were beautiful, opulent paintings with a lot Mm -hmm. of, like, really rich colors. And that was the opposite to how this guy wanted all of his business to be done. He was like, let's deal with the poor. Let's have a fair society. What's up? What's up? What's up? Let's (laughs) get these people off the streets and put them in some church pews. Um... So Caravaggio really took to that because that was kind of his thing, too, because he was, you know, kind of a bummer. And so he believed in the muddy colors and he focused on finite details in his paintings, which was something that before was commonly not done. They were like more idealistic the way that they painted. Mm -hmm. So he was the one who was like, let's put a bunch of wrinkles on people and we'll make it sexy. Um, And he also um, had a unique for a, a, a knack for depicting human suffering. (laughs) <laughs> which is just great a snack for the snack <laughs> knack for snack yeah that's a snack to you even <laughs> suffering yeah you know just yummy <laughs> delish delicious <laughs> human suffering baby let's get it I, I shouldn't do that in the mic it's probably real gross at me. it's probably fine oh 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 so <laughs> 1592, he left Milan. Um, he did not sail the ocean blue. No, he didn't go massacre <laughs> some indigenous people. You know, I would, thank, I would not. Thank you know what? If he did do that, I would not like him anymore. Right. That's a bad thing to do. Right. Give the natives back their land. Yes. Also. Like, what the fuck? Fuck Columbus. Fuck America. Fuck America. Fuck America. Yeah. We're anarchists. Fuck white podcast. people. Um, so, yeah, he basically uh, left his apprenticeship because... He was done with that business. And then he um, left in 1592, and he sold off his parents' land. And that's how he first, like, got his start. Uh. Um, So there were records that kind of indicated that he had to dip out of Milan because of the fact that he may have been involved in the murder of a policeman, a local policeman in Milan. Fuck 12. Right? (laughs) Fuck 12, kill them all. <laughs> kill, kill all these 1500s policemen. Which, really, I mean, that's just sad business. Because, like, what were they really doing? They're just wandering around with a fucking sword going, like, You, sir, don't do bad things. And it's like, really, if anybody wanted to beat the shit out of them, like, there's oh, no yeah. recording devices no, in the yeah. 1592. I mean, they carry around, like, what do they carry around? Like, a little 
little sword, little knife, whatever. That's what I'm saying. That's, I mean, I mean, it was illegal at the time to carry around any sort of weapons because probably for that reason, it's like right. the policeman can't actually kill you yeah. if you have something that's a sword because you probably are able to use yeah. it better than that. <laughs> most <laughs> likely. Head cut off. Gone. Just ching ching. Just yeah. fucking. You know, all anime <laughs> blood slashing noises. That's all I can think about right now. Uh. Um, so from Milan, he went to Rome. Um, and then Rome was under the papal reign of Clement VIII at the time. I don't know anything about his reign, so don't ask me. I was going to say, do we have any hot, juicy details on him? Well, you know, I do know my friend, the sculptor dude, um, whose name is escaping me. Is it the guy we talked about the other night? Yes. That's Clement VIII. Uh, yeah. Clement VIII, the man. Really uh, likes his art. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I don't know any details about him, so I was more focused on Carvajal. That's fine. There's a lot of juicy stuff in the story. Yeah. Keeps on going. Gets better. Excellent. So, Rome at the time was doing very, very well, and it was a popular haven for artists and for workers, but due to the number of competitors, there were a lot of violent clashes that would occur, because there was a lot of people who were all vying for the same job and the same attention. Caravaggio fit right in. Yeah. Um, so he was apprenticed with uh, Lorenzo Siciliano first, where he did a bunch of grunt work. Um, then he moved to Antidividuto Grammatica. Grammatica. I don't know who the fuck that was. Uh, he was a small potatoes guy. And then he hit it big when he worked for Cavallone. Oh, I have no. Cavallere di Arpino. And apparently that was a huge name in Rome during the 1950s, also known as Giuseppe Cesar. Oh. Um, but the dude was really full of himself, and he only used Caravaggio to help him add decorative embellishments to his own works. So, like, adding flowers and adding vines onto, like, large, oh. like, paintings and churches and shit like that. So Caravaggio was just like, like, you know, in the sidelines, just waiting and biding his time. Yeah. Um... And he, he just kept him down. He kept him doing, like, menial work. Um, so, during the time, Caravaggio created two famous paintings, Boy with Basket of Fruit and Portrait of Bacchus. Or Portrait as Bacchus, so he did a self-portrait. Mm -hmm. um, and he, it, it's thought that he might have made those because he was trying to present them to the Cesari as proof that he was worth more than the grunt work. Mm -hmm. But nobody knows. It's just that Cesari kept them when he moved on, so it's most likely that he was given them you know, as a gift. Mm -hmm. So Caravaggio ended his apprenticeship with a hospital visit after some murky details. But basically, <laughs> yeah, he keeps ending and like leaving places because <laughs> shit just goes down. Like this dude is trouble. Damn. Yeah. So he ended up in the hospital after he got kicked by a horse um, in an unspecified accident. So um. we don't really know what happened there. So after this, he ran into... Prosperi, Prospero Orsi, who inspired him to sell directly to the market. There's more stuff that went on with Prospero that I'm not going to really get into, but the dude was a friend. He was a friend. Sick. Caravaggio um, also painted a ton of self-portraits, supposedly, but most of them are lost. <laughs> but during that time, it's... Surprise. Reported. Yeah, I mean, who fucking knows? It's a long time ago. 15, 1600, Jesus yeah. Christ. Jeez. So, he also painted a boy bitten by a lizard emerging from flowers and fruits. You could almost hear the boy scream, and it was all done meticulously. Or, if you want to shorten that, just <laughs> boy bitten by a lizard. Boy bitten by a lizard. But that's a very famous um, picture for people who study art. Yeah. You know, it's one of the ones where, like, he got bit and he's like, hey, 
face is screaming. Yeah. Like, Lisa just made the face. Yeah, I did. You couldn't see it because you, you're listening to it, but I saw it. It was good. You're all welcome. <laughs> all of you. Everybody here. Every last one of you. Every last one of you is welcome for just hearing my mouth noises yeah. as I open up my mouth. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> we're not at the point where we're like live recording this. No. Um, so from this point, Carvaggio tried to sell his works through picture dealers, but... And so one of them was Constantino Spato, who then introduced him to Cardinal Maria Del Monte. And this is like the biggest, most important guy in Caravaggio's life at the time. So he created two well-known works to attract Del Monte. One is called The Card Shaps, and the other is called The Gypsy Fortune Teller. So The Card Shaps is one of those ones that every guy, every person who ever like presents art history, talks about art history, like shows. Yeah. And it's the famous picture where the guy has his back to the viewer. There's two guys off in the corner. One's got cards. One's whispering something in the other guy's ear. And mm -hmm. then the dude is pulling out a card from his belt, like from the back of oh, his yeah, belt. Yeah. So you can see he's like obviously cheating at cards. Yeah. Um, Anissa just acted that whole thing out while yeah, she was yeah. explaining it. You also. The, you probably hear the creak of the chair. Yeah, a little bit of chair creaking going on. Don't do that. <laughs> what does that sound like? Sounds like a creaky-ass chair. Spooky it's my mom's computer chair. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. It'd be nice if I could get this out by Halloween. I, mean, I have faith in you. I don't. God. You don't have faith in <laughs> your ability to edit things? I, I, I mean, mean <laughs> if I don't edit much, it'll go up quick. Well, there, I mean, don't edit anything out. <laughs> We're all just going to put the whole thing up. Warts and Fuck all. Fuck your ears. Keep it all in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got the levels pretty good. There's levels to you and I know. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rap right now. Um Thank you. So the Gypsy Fortune Teller is another famous one. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Um under Del Monte's direction, Carvaggio painted a number of musical themes because this dude was real into his music. Yeah, that's cool. Um yeah, he loved it. He was just a whimsical dude. Um, then he painted for other noblemen within the Cardinal's circle. He painted the Bacchus and the Head of Medusa. And the Head of Medusa is, like, one of his, like, top ten most. It's, like, super recognizable. I, I know I keep saying this, but, like... No, yeah, but I was just thinking, like, if there was a looper video on YouTube, top ten most recognizable Carvaggio works. It's just works in general. I mean, there's a spy math. <laughs> Yikes. So, let should I describe the head of Medusa, or does everybody know what that is? You can describe it if you got a description in there. You took okay. all the time to write that out. I, I did. My poor hand. My poor sweaty fucking hand. I want to give your hand that recognition it deserves. I mean, the napkins certainly read, felt it. Read that story, baby. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> when you say it like that, I just got to. <laughs> it's a round portrait, and then it's basically Medusa screaming like staring at the viewer in like an opened mouth terror and what's really like gory is for the time is that you can see the blood like spurting out of her neck wound oh, so yeah. it's just her head that's literally it on the, on this like dark green background and then it's like all of her snake yeah. her snake head things and she's just open mouth screaming baby girl wild. got wrecked pretty wild um so then as Caravaggio gained more notoriety, he started to get in real trouble with the law. 
He is mentioned as having stolen a cloak and a dagger in 1597, although he's never arrested for that. But somebody was like, I know it was Caravaggio. Yeah, he looked damn good doing it. There's like, there's literally written down a description of him, like, almost to the T, like, in this guy's. And he's like, yeah, I know for a fact it was him. And he never got arrested for it. So, and then 1598, he was arrested for carrying a sword around in a public area. There's that law I was uh, talking about. You can't go. carry swords. Yeah. That's like a thing. You have to hide them. And he was also, like, well-known for running around with a crew of wealthy loudmouth dudes. And he was often associated with prostitutes and courtesans, um, some of whom, of the prostitutes, posed for his works. And notably, one of them was Philede Melodondria. Or Mela... Mm. Sorry. Melodroni. Melodroni. That was way off. I Melodronia. like Melodondria better, actually. It's it does good. sound sexy, though. It though. does. Yeah, no, Melodroni. <laughs> Melandroni. Mel- I don't know. Melandroni. I don't know. I'm not looking at your notes, so. You couldn't read it, I can't, but you did. I can't advise as to the pronunciation, unfortunately. Nothing on this page is legible except to me. It's That's like not own, true. My own code. I could read it if it was in front of my face. It's just across the table. No, no you can't. Okay, fine. I can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to be a Oh, it's a secret. No peeking, no reading ahead. No peeking. I can't read it. No, no, no. (laughs) No, no. No, no, no. It's probably real gross sounding of the audio. (laughs) I hope hope not, though. I mean, if it is, I'll just slice and dice. Chop, chop. Chop up those beats. Chippity chop. That's what editing software is for. I feel like I'm in 1592 right now. Because we're drinking out of glasses, like real Goblets. We're drinking out of goblets, Jocelyn. Tell them what they are. I didn't know they were goblets. Gotta lubricate my mouth hole. So she posed for Judith beheading Holfernes. Oh, Holfernes. My favorite. Oh. Is he really? No, I mean that painting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not Halefer- I don't like Halefernes. He's an asshole. Yeah, he's that's why he's getting beheaded. I mean, yeah, but she's like, pull- it's, it's yeah. badass. Yeah, she's like pulling his head out. Yeah. She's like just chopping into it just a oh, bit. Yeah. So he's get like literally in the act of getting beheaded. Yeah. That's a sick one. That's a good one. Yeah, it's very like oof, oh, oh, girl yeah. power. Just fucking chop his. Doctor Boyer, my uh, favorite art history professor from college. That was that was one of the ones that she spent a while talking about. I, I like, mean, any good art historian teacher. Yeah. They're gonna just spend some time on it. All right. It. I mean, you should. It's it's really fucking amazing. It's, yeah. yeah. It's phenomenal. It is. It's in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> As it should be. As it should. St. Catherine of Alexandria was another one. Mm. And then Martha and Mary Magdalene, which... Um, Basically, through those works, he solidified his fame as well as his signature style of extreme chiaroscuro. And using prostitutes helped him circumvent a law at the time, which was women could not pose for painters. Mm. So, you know, in order for him to get accurate people, he used prostitutes. Right. Makes sense. Um, And so beyond all this, like all of his associations and whatnot, there is a lot of things in history basically suggesting that he was a pimp. So like a very, very like lucrative pimp so he had, good, he had good use for that cloak and dagger i mean he is not a good dude he was really good at swords like i mean he was studying swords when he should have been painting back yeah. when he was like 12 through yeah. like 20 so like we know he was up to no good 
And, I mean, other than that, he's just a total fucking badass. Like, he's hanging out with all these dangerous people, and he's like, ha, 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 I'm Caravaggio! I'm one of the boys! <laughs> anyway. So, but the fact that he was hanging out with uh, Melodroni, uh, it pissed off Melodroni's pimp. Hmm. And that, at the time, was Ranicule Tuma Tomasoni. So remember remember that name. Tomasoni, huh? Tomasoni. Yeah. Don't know what the fuck I'm saying. I have no idea how to say any of these names. I don't either. Why did I put so many names in here? I, I liked the names. They just look good. I just want to lick them. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy was kind of dangerous because he wasn't going away. Like, Tomasoni was connected to a bunch of, like, powerful people in Rome at the time. And one of them was his own brother who was the city commander. So... Like, the chief policeman of the city. Mm. So, yeah. Wasn't going away. He had a lot of powerful friends. Um, but he was also... Carvaggio at the time was also becoming really, really popular. So he was uh, getting more work, and he was given a huge contract to do the sides of the wall of the chapel of San Luigi di Franceschi. Luigi! <laughs> We're gonna get sued if we get jealous. Because we might do one that's too accurate. Could Shit. you imagine? No. What if we get sued for that? I'm so not stupid. that good of a voice actor. I'm not either, so. <laughs> yeah, no hope then. Um, and those those walls of the chapel would measure in at 10 feet square. So he's doing, like, huge, huge paintings for this, this chapel. Um, and it was bigger than anything it had ever painted before. And one of them was called The Calling of St. Matthew and The Martyrdom of St. Matthew. So The Calling of St. Matthew is another oh. one that we study a lot in art history is where the light is like cutting through the room through a small window and you it just like comes down onto mm -hmm. a group of people sitting at a table they push to the far left of the portrait and that's like the super like chiaroscuro oh my god <laughs> like every art right. professor is like just jacking off to the chiaroscuro yeah. in, in that photo loving it it's even hot. the ladies <laughs> even the lady teachers oh, yeah. of which there are plenty like that bean baby just all jacking off to it. These huge paintings put him at the top of the artists working in Rome at the time, and he gained even more commissions. So he was doing a lot of private commissions. Cha-ching, boys! But the only problem was a shift in the focus of religious authority at the time caused his works to lose favor. Because, remember, the, the whole reason he was super popular was because that guy in Milan started that revolution... And now it was kind of going back to the way it was before, where the church was uh, supposed to be shrouded in opulence because oh, they were right. closer to God and all of this. So it started to become that people wanted the more idealistic, mm -hmm. you know, style and less of the ide like less. Of, they wanted a more idealistic version, not a realistic version. Yeah. And that was a bummer for him. So in 1601, he left the house of the Cardinal del Monte for Giuliano Cardinal Marte. And this is where he painted the Supper at Emmaus and the Betrayal of Christ, where he struck, where he snuck, I have no way fucking idea what he said. Oh, sorry. I read my own notes wrong. <laughs> okay, in the Betrayal of Christ, he stuck a version of his of himself holding a lantern and he was witnessing the uh, kiss of Judas, like, basically calling to self-insert. Yeah, he was basically like, I am the light bringer because I am the Charascaro person! Like, whoa! Like, you know, he's kind of, like, being a dick about it, his yeah. own, like, he's tooting his own horn. Right. Because, he, you know, he's Carvaggio. Yeah. He's a jerk. Yeah. Um, and he was also commissioned to paint another chapel, which he did a lot of these chapels. So, I mean, like, just as he kept going, like, more people were like, do my chapel. Do my chapel. Yeah. Do my chapel. Even when he gets into crazy shit in his life, people are like, do my chapel. 
I don't bro. know why. He's bro, just, you gotta do my chapel, dude. Just, dude. Just, bro. I saw what you did. Just chapel me. <laughs> you want to be chapeled? <laughs> we could get y'all chapeled up. Oh, yeah. Just slap a chapel on it. Just slap a chapel on it. Put a chapel on it. Put a little chapel on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what am I saying? And so, um, but this time, uh, in one of these chapels, Caravaggio's painting did not please the patron, and this was because of the growing uh, difference in the styles of the time. So he was actually falling out of favor with a lot of the ways that people wanted him to paint. So he was doing more of these commissions, but he was going more the opposite direction of what his patrons wanted. Mm. Um, and this caused a ding in his reputation. This was the first time that somebody was like, hey, I don't like it, do it over. Damn. So he had to adjust everything, repaint it. Um, there was the original drawing, which actually got destroyed in a Nazi fire. Fucking Nazis, man. Fucking Nazis, man. Um, and then, so this was also during a time when he had taken on a couple students. So on one occasion, he was doing a commission. He assisted his student, uh, and his he requested the assistance of a student, Chetsi Boneri. And he created the resulting painting, Amor... Venisient Omnia, which this is a very famous painting, not because it's actually like that cool, but because it fueled a lot of rumors of his sexual relationship with his student. Mm, was inappropriate. That is inappropriate. Inappropriate. That is inappropriate. That is not okay. Hey. Yeah. I didn't say that cheers right, but I know what that is. <laughs> um, the nobleman Vincenzo Gustani requested the painting, and he ended up loving it. But this made um, Caravaggio's rival, Giovanni Baglione, uh, mock Caravaggio with a parody work called Divine Love. He would. And that erupted a small feud where Caravaggio and his friends made up songs about Baglione, who had him and a friend thrown in prison for libel. So, and then in the trial that followed, Caravaggio was released with help from the Cardinal Del Monte. So this was like a whole just like clusterfuck where he yeah. was like, he was like, hey, you made fun of me. Like, he's like, I'm going to write some dirty songs about you. And then like, dude's like, no, 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 go to jail. <laughs> do not pass go. Do not collect $200. He's like, you write dirty songs about me? <laughs> no. Forget about it. You damn homosexual. Oh, no. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Um, and it just kept going on that Caravaggio's popularity started to dry up more and more. And as his popularity dwindled, his criminal acts increased. Um, so in 1604, he assaulted a waiter who gave him artichokes in butter rather than in oil. <laughs> he threw stones at people, and he told a policeman who was arresting him to stick it up his ass. Nice. Um, during that same year, while he was getting arrested for all these things, he painted the Entombment of Christ, and the next year he completed the Madonna of Laredo, which are both really famous works. Um, but he was also arrested for carrying his sword in public, peeing on a woman's yard, and he was arrested after that, which threw him in jail, um, for causing grievous bodily harm to somebody. I don't know who. During the time in, in jail, his landlady evicted him and changed the locks, which made him go crazy. And he responded by smearing his shit on her door and loudly singing obscene songs with guitar outside her window. Oh, what a terrible tenant. I mean, this dude was just going down a rabbit hole of crazy. Like, he... From that time on, he just escalated in his crazy, and he never stopped doing...
doing anything less crazy. He never stopped crazy. And he just was going fucking berserk. And a lot of people think that he might have been like slowly poisoned by the amount of lead that was in the in the like paint that he used. Oh yeah. Because true. at the time they weren't you know made out of good materials. Yeah. So they have no idea though like what actually caused. But he probably was just insane and also slowly getting poisoned. Um, but despite all of this, he was still receiving some private commissions and he was finding it more and more um, difficult to please the patrons. So re- he would get in a commission, he would do the painting, and then it would be deemed offensive and it would be removed. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> but people would be like, I got a Caravaggio. Yeah. <laughs> like, he had like a good name, but he couldn't get like anybody to like actually stick with it. Um, in May 1606, um, an enemy of Caravaggio, Ramachi Tomassoni, which oh, remember... Tomassoni. I got that name again. He's the pimp of Felady. Um, he challenged him to a duel. So this took place in the court of the French ambassador to Rome, which was also pretty dangerous. And Caravaggio ended up striking his opponent in the femoral artery, which if you know anything about oh. that, that is your groin. Slice Ladies and gentlemen, he tried to cut off his dick. And that was not no bueno. So number one, he ended up killing him. So he killed Tomasini. And then it was also dishonorable to cut anyone in the groin. That was considered like a huge offense. Like you're not supposed to be doing that. And on top of that, duels were illegal. So he had all that going for him. So he just was like, he's like up and out of Rome. He's like, I got to get the fuck out. So he fled from Rome to Columna, where he relied on a bunch of friends of his to keep him safe. Number one, the Del Monte. Mm -hmm. So the Del Monte put funds for it to, like, shelter him. And then um, the royalty of Calum held him, like, kept him in their palace. While he was on the run, he still kept painting. And he painted David with head of Goliath. Um, A lot of those works that he painted on the road, he was uh, sending them to... The nephew of the Pope at the time, Siphon Bourget, um, who was the guy who he thought would give him the best chance of pardoning him. But Bourget was also a guy who loved Caravaggio's works and kept collecting them. Mm, interesting. So he had like the he had a little bit of an in. But yeah, he don't fucked up real good. Yeah. So still not feeling safe to return to Rome, even though he was trying to buy out him his, you know, freedom. He traveled to Naples and he was still painting. Um, while in Naples, he got the idea to move to Malta, oh. where he had aspirations to join the Knights of the Order of St. John. So, that was a group of uh, guys who were engaged in fighting Islam soldiers in the Mediterranean. But if you were to get into the Knights of St. John, then you were pardoned of everything that you ever had against you. So, clever. he was going to become a Knight of the St. John, and then no, no issues, can go back to Rome, no problem. <laughs> um... Well, so he did really well. He painted a bunch of works to try and gain the favor of the knights. So he said he did St. Saint Jer- Saint Jerome writing and the portrait of Fra Antonio. Um, these works were so impressive that the knights petitioned to the Pope to pardon Caravaggio. And it worked. Amazing. So they were like, yeah, no, totally let him go. Like, he paints like a <laughs> son of a bitch. We want him in the order. <laughs> this guy, this motherfucker, this berserk piece of shit, let's fucking have him. Um, so... He painted his final work for the order, which was the beheading of St. John, and gifted it instead of the payment that he would have had to pay to get into the order. So normally you have to give him like a sack of gold and shit, and he's like, no, you can have this giant painting instead. And they were like, perfect, we'll throw a feast. So they did. 
And the night of the feast, he got into a fight with one of the senior knights in the order, Giovanni Rondamonte, Roro, and wounded him, which led to his arrest. Are we even surprised at this point? I mean, he just keeps doing yes, it, no like, matter where he fucking goes. He just wants to fight people. He's, like, more of a fighter than he is a painter. <laughs> he's, like, Robin Hood. If Robin Fisticuffs? Hood. Yeah, he's, he's yes. like, here, you see this painting I made you? Don't look at it, I want to gouge your eyes out. <laughs> He's like, he's just a feisty man. All he wanted to, I bet all he wanted to do was just be a swordsman. And they were like, well, you're really good with, you know, a brush. You should probably just keep doing that. Yeah. So, man, I don't know. But, uh, so this was insane. He gets thrown in jail. The jail is on this, like, rock alcove jutting out into the sea. It's like a water prison. And he goes, yeah, I'm gonna get out of that. So, like, one of the guys, he was friends with the the guy who was the, the jail housekeeper. He pays him off. The guy releases him from jail, and he scales 200 feet down the fucking rock wall of the jail and goes into a boat waiting for him below. No problem, folks. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? I'm just gonna Batman my way out of this one. Like, really, though? Like, this is a time where they didn't have shit. Like, he's scaling 200 feet just, like, by his lonesome. That's crazy. So, he escapes to Syracuse, Sicily, where he was on the run from Rome and Malta. Because at this point, now two people want him dead. Mm -hmm. um, and he was still painting. So the entire time, he's still painting shit. And he painted the burial of St. Lucy and the adoration of the shepherds. And then the very famous resurrection of Lazarus. Um, so those were like other paintings he did. Yeah. I'm not going to go into more paintings because I don't really care about the paintings. Because this is still badass that I just don't care. <laughs> so moving on from Sicily, he returned to Naples. And he stayed at the Columna Palace, which is the place that he sheltered in originally. When he was running from Rome, you know, oh, yes. keeps running from all these places, you know, lose track. Um, at this point, his behavior had started to like deteriorate a lot. So he was very volatile. Like, I mean, in Sicily, he was like getting into fights and shit. So he had to keep running. Um, so he painted during his stay. And after uh, finishing one of his larger works, he was attacked by a group of four men outside of a tavern. Um, and the wound nearly killed him. So they, they basically just slashed his face open. Um, it's speculated that this is probably done by the group that came from Malta, so one of the Roro guys, like the guy, like, you know, the guy he, the senior knight guy. Um, but Caravaggio managed to create two last works in 1610 despite his face injury, The Denial of Peter and The Martyrdom of St. Ursula. But it, the, the works clearly have some, like, shaky lines in them, so it's thought that he probably had his, his eyes injured in the, the fight, because mm. he just didn't, it didn't look like he was, like, able to put his punchy, crispy lines in it as he was able to do before. Uh, meanwhile, his allies in, uh, where is he? Columna? Oh, yeah. His Columna allies oh, are trying okay. to petition to Rome to get him pardoned still. So after all this crazy shit he's done, they're still like, hey, let's let's put him back in Rome, he, please. He's really a good guy, you know? He just... Well, that, his, like, his favorite dude back at, you know, <laughs> the nephew of the, the Pope was like, you know what? That son of a bitch can paint. Yeah. Let's let him do it. <laughs> so, um, believing bite. that he was on his way to be pardoned, he loaded up a bunch of paintings that he had, and he decided that he was going to travel out. So... Um, in July, not on July 9th, 1610, he set out to Rome with his paintings, and along the way, for reasons unknown, he was detained in, in Paolo. Um, he was thrown in jail. He paid his way out of jail, and then his paintings were on a ship, like on a ferry boat. So the paintings kept going without him. <laughs> so he was detained in jail, and his paintings mm -hmm. were like, bye. 
So, yeah, he was like, oh shit, now I gotta get my paintings. So he had to go on horseback to Porto Ecole, which is where the paintings ended up. But the ride ended up taking a toll on them. He arrived and he soon became extremely ill. Um, and in a fit of a fever, he died. So that was sometime around July 18th or 19th. And his body was buried in an unmarked grave and it was taken to a local church. Mm. Which is a bummer. That is a bummer. And there's still like a lot of speculation over like, did he die from like actually just dying from the ride because he had that face injury. So it's like yeah. he, might have, he might have had like shit wrong with his face. He didn't have any penicillin. Yeah. So like it could be that or it could be that he like got poisoned by other people and then ended up dying. Por que no los dos? <laughs> so after his death news traveled to rome he was buried in church in porto ecole and it, those were his where his remains were until they were discovered in 2010 oh. people found them Woo-hoo. that's not very long ago i know that's only about 10 years ago that's crazy what should say about it is 10 years ago yeah well Holy i mean shit, it, it depends on what time of year it was right Maybe, who knows? Yeah. And we were pretty close to the end of 2020, thank God. Close. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. So testing revealed his bones contained a large amount of lead, which wasn't a surprise to anybody, because obviously a lot of lead in paint. Um, And they would think that's what led to a lot of his crazy behavior and his violence. Um, Today, many of his works remain in Italy. However, some have landed in galleries all over the world, such as the National Gallery in London, National Gallery of Dublin, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and the list goes on and on. He is hailed as one of the first possible homosexual Baroque painters, judged by his homoerotic depictions of his male subjects and the rumored relations with his male subordinates. So, you like that dick? The gay community is like, we want this guy. Yeah, we want him real bad. <laughs> but a lot of historians are like, mm, no, no, because like there's a lot of obvious, you know, accounts of him being with women. So he was like, a, he was around courtesans and he was around prostitutes constantly. So Bisexual icon. Right. I mean, I want him to kind of be bisexual, but I also don't <laughs> want to take anything away from the gay community. So it's like, I don't really know. But yeah, no, he, he did love the dudes. Like if you like look at any of his like sketches and stuff, it's yeah. like literally all men with their dicks out. Dicks out um, everywhere. So yes. And most of all, he's known for his boundary breaking paintings of religious scenes at a time when the church was married to opulent images and for murdering. <laughs> that and that's Caravaggio. That was wonderful, Mesa. Clop, clop, clop. Clop, yeah. clop, clop. Well, Jocelyn, I hope you enjoyed that snippet of I history. I did. I loved it. I learned so much. That was some bad dude crazy shit. Yeah. All right, let's... So... Let's dig into yours. Well, I just feel so knowledgeable now feel like mine's not going to be nearly as good. Should we um, should we pause for another drink? Yeah. Let me actually pause this. I didn't need to go for so long. Oh, that's fine. I'm just going to pause this real quick. Alright. So, um, we're back from drink our break. drink break. And now we're going to talk about Georgia O'Keeffe, which I have prepared notes for. <laughs> Do it up, Jocelyn. <laughs> Instead of being completely unprepared. What? No. <laughs> you would never... Jocelyn would I'm never not, be not completely free. unprepared not, for anything. Uh, not just free-balling it this time. She's only loose-balling it. Yeah. Okay. So Georgia O'Keeffe is actually probably one of the first artists that I actually knew the name of um, growing up. Because... 
Um, and I've told Nisa this before, but she's going to pretend to be surprised probably. Um, <laughs> I was actually homeschooled until the second grade. No way! <laughs> and uh, so the art teacher that I had in second grade had us do this project with like making our own Georgia O'Keeffe inspired flowers. Vagina flowers. <laughs> they were not vagina flowers, but you I do have my... Old? I was seven. It's even worse. No vaginas in, s in second grade. Um. Anyway, I have a piece of candy in my mouth. Sorry if that's annoying. I'll try to edit that out if it I, is. I'm personally offended right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Eat your candy. Anyway. Um, Sounds delectable. It is. It's pomegranate. Oh. oh. <laughs> Wait, is that really what it was? Yeah. Flavored. That's the strangest flavor candy. I got it for my birthday, actually. Hmm. From my friend. So it's been sitting here since June. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the oh, candy really expires. <laughs> Sorry. Sugar never expires. <laughs> so the painting I did is actually in the closet over there. I was going to pull it out, but it's still, it's still in there. I'm imagining it illuminating my um, brain cells right now. <laughs> it's these flowers, and they're... Orange and Actually. red and purple. And they look like a child painted them because, surprise, they, they were painted by a child. I bet they're lovely. <laughs> they are. I think they should sell for millions of dollars. Uh, I'll post it on the Instagram, actually. Yeah, do it. Um, anyway, so I think that the painting that inspired that color choice was uh, called Red Canna by Georgia O'Keeffe. Um, and it's a beautiful, I'll put that on the Instagram too, probably. Um, anyways, so that was me going to a very Christian school and being exposed to art for the first time. And I just, you know, then I became who I am today because of, no, just kidding. It really inspired you that much, these vagina flowers <laughs> that you created in seventh grade, when you were seven years old? No. It's not even in seventh grade, you were not seven years grade. old. Seven years old. <laughs> Anyways, Georgia O'Keeffe, um, we're coming up on her birthday in like a week mm. and a half. Uh, anyway, she was born November 15th, 1887. So, uh while ago and then she died march 6th 1986 and she was like 98 years old i was gonna say that's a long time yeah she's old as balls why is there so many balls in this podcast right now <laughs> i just have to say i don't know you're already free balling there's loose balls somewhere <laughs> there's vaginas there are there's so many things. there's so many one of the things about georgia o'keefe um I was, when I was researching this, I came upon it again. But she refuted the idea that her flowers were sexual in nature. Oh, so I'm, that's my bullshit? That's, that's a me thing? That's everyone else, except for Georgia O'Keeffe, says right, sorry, that her Georgia. flowers are vaginal. See, I'm really glad we did this because I would have had zero idea. That that was the case. Yeah. Because all I remember of her is just flowers in the essence of the yeah. genes. Yeah. I mean, you look at them, that's kind of what they look like. Supposedly, her thing was that she was kind of boiling them down to their essence. Like, the most, the most natural of the shapes and, like, the contours and all that. But anyway. 
That still makes me think she was thinking of vaginas. Uh, right. It's <laughs> so like, I, uh, that doesn't help her case. Yeah. Anyway. So, Miss Georgia O'Keeffe, my fave, uh, is considered part of abstract art, American modernism, abstract expressionism, and precisionism, which in school, for whatever reason, I learned about her during her precisionist period more than anything else. Like in college, I mean, not in second grade. <laughs> but so that was like during the 20s, she did a lot of her precisionist work. And that was also when she met her husband, Alfred Stieglitz, in New York. They were married from 1924 to 1946. And he was a photographer and an art dealer, and he had an art gallery on Fifth Avenue at 291. And that was actually a big pull for the avant-garde movement and, like, the painters and photographers that worked during that period. The Stiegs. Steaks. So I was <laughs> I was trying to remember why I didn't like him, and then when I was doing this research to kind of remind me of what happened, I found out that the reason I didn't like him was because he was a cheating sack of crap. Mm. And actually, he was married to this chick, and then um, ended up. I'm going off book here. <laughs> why did I write this all out? If I'm just gonna bounce around anyway i mean tell me tell me tell me this is the hot tea i came for this is the hot tea on alfred stieglitz stieg's the fuck man yeah so anyway he's married to this chick one of george's friends sends him like george's art and is like hey check this shit out and he's like damn i'm putting that in my gallery mm-hmm. fucking nailed it um then he gets in contact with george and he's like hey girl hey come move to new york and live with me so they move in together and then... Maybe he was still married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he breaks it off with homegirl. After like three years. Then he gets married to Georgia. And then, while they're married... He's still a cheating piece of he, shit. Yeah. He has an affair. Oh. So, this is when Georgia ends up, like, not creating anything for, like, almost three years. Because... She is so upset. Yeah. And she's just like, what the fuck? Like, she goes to literally a psychiatric institute. Ladies, listen. Listen, listen, listen. If he did it to you, like, to get together with you... Right. He's going to to do it in the relationship, Exactly. Just a PSA, I want to say. This is an aside, but, like... Cheaters is cheaters. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if it starts out being a cheating man, ain't no way he gonna be faithful. And if he is faithful, I mean, like, good for you. Yeah, but, like, what, like but, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. I mean, you know. Yeah. No, that's a good Don't get involved with other people's mans. Yeah. Don't get involved with other people's relationships, period. Right. Period. Period. So, anyway... <laughs> I fucking Stiegs, man. Yeah. Fuck this bitch. That's like, oh god, I don't like him anymore. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, he took like some really cool photographs and like he was like a a cool dude on the scene, but then he's like a dick because yeah. he's a cheating asshole. So damn. Yeah. It's a real bummer for Georgia, though. It is. No wonder she got obsessed with vaginas later. Wait, just kidding. <laughs> it totally was debunked earlier. <laughs> 
can still say it. She's not here to defend herself. Georgia, you sweet, sweet yes. woman of beautiful art history. <laughs> With your wonderful eyebrows. Your, your vagina paintings kind of turn me on. Mm -hmm. Alright, so okay, we're, okay. we're gonna backtrack a little bit here. Okay, okay. Stieg's piece of shit. Anyways, continue. Yes, anyway, continuing on. We're going back to the 20s. We're gonna talk about precisionism for a second. Um, so precisionism was a response to cubism and Dada, which if you don't know about those, we'll probably cover them later. Who knows? Um, if you do know about them, great, you're in the right place. Um... Dada was just kind of out there, so uh, precisionism was very much like based in reality and uh, like people's fascination with machinery and their precision, which is kind of where the name comes from, and uh, the way that that was important to modern life. So Georgia's precisionist work was very planar and focused largely on the skyscrapers of skyscrapers, skyscrapers of New York, because. That's what she was interested in at the time. And they had a lot of, like... Hold on, I'm reading the wrong line of my notes here. <laughs> oh, uh, precisionism was kind of similar to futurism, but it was a little bit more, more romanticized, because futurism was all like, oh, robots. Um, and it was kind of... Ex it expanded like beyond just machinery and... It embraced structured delineation, as in the case of Oki's skyscrapers. See, we're tying it together. Um, <laughs> I like those tied things. Yeah. And uh, so in the mid-1920s, she was actually recognized as one of the most important and successful artists in America, which at the time was no small feat, particularly since she was a woman. And in addition to her paintings of New York, she also explored abstraction with her flower paintings, which is where I have a note about her denying sexual innuendo stuff. Oh, my bad. <laughs> so she said, uh, here it is, it was that she abstracted them to their purest forms and colors. Purest vagina forms. Yes. So it was really a focus on texture and contour and shape and fluidity, which, yeah. Uh, in 1929, Georgia O'Keeffe visited New Mexico, and this actually impacted her art immensely. She brought, like, the landscape and influences of Native American and Spanish culture into her work. Um, and she basically spent the next 20 years working and living in the state in the summers. And I have a little thing here. Um, this is where... Oh, this is my note about him being a cheating bag of crap. <laughs> this is all out of order now. Uh, anyways. So three years after Alfred Stieglitz died, which was in 1946. Fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. She actually made New Mexico her permanent residence, so that was in 1949. And during the time that she was there, most of what she made was landscapes, Households and flowers, like some kind of combination or variation of those. Um, and this is kind of like part of her modernist work coming in um, because other modernist artists at the time were apparently looking for a distinctive view of the nation. Mm. And what is this other note? 
Oh, okay. In the 40s, this one I thought was pretty cool. Georgia had two different one-woman retrospectives. Um, she was literally the first woman to have a retrospective at the MoMA, which is the Museum of Modern Art in Manhattan. I was going to say, like, and while she's alive, right? Yeah. That's that's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, a retrospective is, like, your entire, like, collection, like, your entire life's work, like, through the ages, like, a timeline of, like, what made you as great as you are. Right. And that's, like, fucking crazy. Yeah. She, she had two of them? She had two of them in the 40s. Like, that's bomb as hell. Yeah, for, like, non-art folks... That's a really big fucking deal. Especially in the MoMA. Right. Like, holy shit. Like, you gotta kill a man to get in the MoMA, practically. I mean, Caravaggio. <laughs> I don't think Caravaggio's in the MoMA, though. He's not. He's not modern enough. I was the same. <laughs> Anyways. Um, then in the 50s, she actually started traveling the world. And then, when she was 73... She started painting aerial views of, like, the clouds in the skies. Cause she's still she, going. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to paint till I die, basically. I don't know if she sounded like that. Oh, best she was saying that while she was but, painting. Yeah. I'm going to paint till I die. Yeah. I bet she kind of, like, had, like, a nice flow with her, like, beats. Yeah. You know, in the background. Mm-hmm. That would be sick. <laughs> that would be sick. So anyway, she does these, like, really cool, like, cloud sky paintings and all this stuff. Um, I never really studied those, but they look cool. You know? Cloud sky paintings? Yeah, you know, aerial views. Ooh. She got inspired when she was in the airplanes, you know? Put it on the gram. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in 1972, at the age of 85... She produced her last unassisted oil painting. And due to macular degeneration and losing her vision, she needed to have others help her continue to create and had several assistants to help her realize her visions. Wow. And I wrote pun intended here. In my notes. Because she was losing her vision. So she had to have help to realize her vision. Not the best pun. Oh. Ha ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wrote these notes a while ago, so they're not no, so you made a funny. fresh in my brain. <laughs> I might have to cut that out. <laughs> it was so funny. So I really funny. liked that joke. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, 98. Georgia died in Santa Fe. Rest in peace. So wait, she died in 98? or she died? At the age of 98. Holy shit. She died dead. in 86. Oh, wow. So, which, I mean, that's not even that long ago. That's No, that's um, 40 years 40 ago now. 40 years ago. I was going to say 20 years ago. We're not in 2000. Uh, <laughs> yikes. Time to listen to some Britney Spears. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Britney. <laughs> oh, wait, I don't want to get sued. No, we're not that was not Britney Spears. Not Britney Spears. So, after she died, rest in peace... Her home and studio were turned into a museum and a National Historic Landmark. Like, that's how fucking famous she was, though. Yeah. You know? Like, that, like, immediately after she dies, they're like, we're gonna convert this. Yeah. <laughs> like, the Georgia O'Keeffe Estate is now open for business. Come visit. Basically, like, wowee. She dies a week later. It's a museum. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Sadly, though, right now it's closed because of coronavirus. Um, but they are having online events from uh you can go on the 
Georgia O'Keeffe Museum website if you want to. Uh, I went there to do some of this research. Also, uh, interesting little note about Georgia here. She made over 200 different flower paintings, uh, many of which were designed so as to make people stop and notice the beauty of something small by enlarging it. The other thing that kind of frustrated me about Georgia O'Keeffe a little bit was, like, she didn't want to be known as, like, a woman artist. She just wanted to be known as, like, an artist. So, like, at the time when she's kind of going out and traveling and stuff is time when... Like, the feminist movement in art is kind of gaining ground. And she didn't really want to work with feminist artists. Like, she didn't want to be considered a feminist artist. Even though, like, now we consider her to be a feminist artist. I mean, she inevitably is going to take on that color. Even if she doesn't want to wear that coat. Right. Because she's a woman in a predominantly male-dominant fetal. Yeah, exactly. But the other thing about that, though, is that you know, her inability to kind of even recognize the limitations of her gender probably made her all the more powerful. Right. Because she just literally didn't see the roadblocks, you know? Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm going to submit my art where I want to submit it. Like, there's nobody holding her back because yeah, she can paint on the level of a man. She has the notoriety of a man. It doesn't make a difference to her because... Exactly. You know? Interesting, though. Yeah. Kind of like, um, ow, I just bit my tongue. I don't even know how I did that. I'm not eating anything. You did that because you're thinking about me eating this delicious piece of candy. <laughs> I, I, no. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. That wasn't a thought in my brain. I'm just kidding. I was starting to say my words too fast, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Which was, you know, that's an opposite. That's a me. That's a me problem. <laughs> that's a me problem. Um, no, but you know, like... Um, I was going to say, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was kind of like the same way. Oh, or like, yeah. You know, she wasn't ever like a feminist icon yeah. or whatever. She just Rest wanted equality for both genders. Yeah. And people don't realize, like, she literally had no... I mean, she had to stand up for certain things, like the Roe v. Wade issue. And it's like, you know, gen the, pen the pay gap and, and that right. kind of thing. Because she just wanted equality. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. Damn, Georgia, though. Like, come on, yeah. work with these feminists. I know, right? They're trying to do a good thing. There's this whole section, like, about how, like, Judy Chicago has, like, her feminist art thing, and George O'Keefe's name is on there, and George is like, get the fuck out of here. Basically, like, I'm paraphrasing, but mm. you know what I'm talking about. Well, that was great. Yeah, I tried to keep it, um, sort of concise-ish. No, you did a good job. You did okay. much better than I did. <laughs> I will say that. No, but yours was so interesting. Like um, but insufferably long. No, it's fun. Oh god, <laughs> he murdered. He was a murderer. I mean, it's our first yes. one. Yes, I'm a virgin. Just take it slow. <laughs> Cue Madonna. She's been gentle with me. Touch for the very first time. We're don't. We're gonna get sued. It's just so accurate. <laughs> yeah. You sing so in tune with the melody that we could get sued. No, we'll only get sued if Madonna someone should zam this while she's singing, <laughs> and we'll see if we can get sued or not. Like a virgin. If your phone picks that up, I want to know. Let your heart be DM me directly. I'm off key. <laughs> Next to mine. Oh God! All right.
It's going too far. <laughs> I might cut that out. I think it's safe to say none of us are singers. Yeah. Well, that's not true. I had a solo in this uh, in eighth grade, actually. Oh, we're finding out a whole lot about you in your school life. Surprise! Second grade, eighth grade. Yeah. I need to know all about previous talk. Jocelyn. I'm going to talk probably about my entire life on this podcast. I want to talk about your entire life on this <laughs> podcast. Um, so what big events, though, like went down in your life recently that I sh- need to know about? In my life recently? Mm-hmm. How was your Halloween? Halloween was great. I painted this lamp. Pretty sick lamp. Thank you. That it was, was like a dark orange, and now it's silver. I need to actually touch up a couple spots, but... Just just some acrylic painting on there, and I uh, mm. started rewatching Hemlock Grove on Netflix, um, which is probably my favorite Netflix original. I don't know if you're into like supernaturally kind of shows, but I do. Hemlock Grove, you said? Yeah. Is it is it good? I like it. Or is it kind of violent? Um. Yeah. Okay. I might consider. It. I'm not good with violence. Yeah, I know. That's why I was like. Mm. Mm. But, um, it's a little gory. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. Did you hear that? Yeah. That was a weird face noise that my face just made. Just, like, gleeked a little bit. <laughs> gleeked? <laughs> yeah. Gleek. Gleek is like when you shoot spit out of your mouth by accident. Oh, gross. <laughs> Can't be doing that in the middle of a pandemic. That's not right. How was your Halloween? I saw your costume was cute. Yeah, it was fun. I went to a um, very small party. Um, There's like 15 people there at most. Actually, less than that, probably. I was going to say, it looked like it was fewer than that from the picture I saw, but... Yeah, there was a couple people that stopped by and then left, I think. But yeah, it was a tomato. It was so cute. I loved it. I was like, <laughs> it was a $5 oh. costume I got from Goodwill. Nice. Um, And I had a great time. Yeah, we played a bunch of games. We did a costume contest. Um, I got one vote. Um, Jenny was Sailor Moon. Oh, yeah. And that. she looked fucking spanking. She had she literally did. been working on her costume for like over a year. Oh my gosh. Like she's been wanting to be Props Sailor Moon. to Jenny. I don't know. She's, I mean, she's, she also looks exactly like Sailor Moon. Yeah. You know, like bleach True blonde, like True you know, skinny, tall, all that. So yeah. she was, she was killing it. And she got, um, they had a, like a little prize and they, she got an Amazon gift card because she won Beth's oh, costume. Oh, that's a good prize. That's I useful. know. Well, you know, because they're all we're all adults and we can afford to give each other gift cards. <laughs> I, yes. I uh, actually I, I could not have afforded to give anyone a gift card. I am baroque. Art history jokes. And anyways, um, it was a good time. Nice. Yeah, I left like pretty early. Um, didn't stay past like twelve. And oh, that is early for you. I know. Normally, I'm out until like fucking two in the morning, being yeah. a degenerate like I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I was I was kind of disappointed that like it was just such a perfect night. I yeah. felt like you know it was nice and warm out. It was mm-hmm. big, big moon. Like I couldn't even see the moon over here. My mom and I went out for a walk, and it was all cloudy. Really? Yeah, I was so bummed. I was like, I want to see the moon. I couldn't see it. It was pretty, I was in Apollo Beach, and it was pretty clear in, like, mm, Apollo nice. Beach. Or, like, less clouds, but yeah. nobody went outside. I'm like, well, guys, I mean, cool party and all, but 
There's a full moon out here. The blue moon, no less. A blue moon. Yeah. That only happens once in a blue moon. I think we need to go home. <laughs> I'm already home. That's why you feel comfortable making jokes like that. I think that's why. Probably. Being in your own space has emboldened you. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I'm just gonna go kill myself real quick. Don't do that. Then I can't have a podcast anymore. <laughs> why Why couldn't you? You could do it alone. I don't want to do Arguably, it'd be better. Mm. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, that, okay, that, I guess that's like life stuff then. Yeah. I was going to share my dating, my dating stuff, but... We can do that. Or you want to save that for the next one? I think this one's going to be pretty long, so... Okay. We can save it for the next one. We're going to roast some men next time. Mm-hmm. Next time. <laughs> Next time on I, I Minored, Minored in, in Art, Art History. History. <laughs> oh, God. I don't like that we both are able to do that voice. <laughs> I love that voice. That's... Oh, God. Okay, we're going back to middle school. Uh, <laughs> in one of the classes that I had, it was either health or PE. I had the same teacher. For, anyway. Mm. Um, there was this one class where we were supposed to talk about like what we wanted to do like when we grew up and I was like you know I want to do like voiceover like you know the guy that does commercials and stuff like I want to be that guy and everybody just kind of like <laughs> side-eyed me and was like oh boy. okay weirdo I'm like, that's a very specific <laughs> thing for a kid to want to like that's not like something obvious where it's like I want to be a fireman <laughs> I want to be a piece of cheese. Like, yeah. Oh, God. I wish I was a piece of cheese. I am a piece of cheese, Jocelyn. <laughs> I've you, come to realize this in my adolescence. In your adolescence? <laughs> my late current, stage adolescence. You're currently in adolescence. I've never gone through my hormonal peaks, I oh, guess. Oh, God. Well, I'm pretty sure I've just, you know, never matured. Oh, my acne is still terrible. I mean, yeah, my acne went away because I stopped using a bunch of unnecessary... Mm. Oh, this is a fun one. Yeah. Oh, man. Just so many products so that I many. didn't need to use because I was looking at all these Instagram models going like, oh, let me put this toner. Let me put this moisturizer. Yeah. I have oily fucking skin and I did not need to use any of that shit. And yeah. I was giving myself fungal acne <laughs> and then I stopped using anything on my skin and my skin is fucking better now. Like better by 150%. Damn. I literally am only getting like two pimples every once in a while. Once in a while. I'm, like, really jealous of that, actually, because I have so many just, like, cystic acne and stuff right now. I mean, it's, it's stressful. Bad. It's a stressful time. It is. That's why I thought I was breaking out, but it was not yeah. that. It was using stupid fucking products. I didn't need. Don't listen to the Insta models. Never <laughs> listen to the Insta models. They're trying to push their, their stuff on you. They yes, are. their products smell delicious. They smell like coconut and kind of like love and oh, some beach in Miami. But, like... Don't don't do it. Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Just wash your face every night and every morning. And maybe that's know, my problem. Moisturize. I don't, I don't wash my face in the morning. Oh yeah, I gotta get all that oil off. Because you have oily skin too, right? I do I have the oiliest skin? Yeah, we have to. We actually should wash our faces more often. But if yeah. you just wash your face, and keep your pores clean. Like you don't need anything else. Like yeah. you need a little bit of moisturizer because we live in Florida. We gotta protect ourselves in the sun, but. Like, you use a water-based moisturizer, not, like, a 
lotion yeah. one. Yeah. Or you Gucci. <laughs> you Gucci Mane. You Gucci Mane. Um, I've just been using that toner that I sent you a picture of. That stuff, yeah. At night. I mean, your skin looks really clear from here. Thank you. That's because you can't see all the stuff down here. That's most most of my cystic acne is like on my jawline and underneath my chin. Underneath my no. chinny chin chin. <laughs> blow your house down. <laughs> Don't blow my house down. <laughs> Don't have some puff and blow my house down, please. Especially since it's your lovely parents' house, we wouldn't do that. Yeah. Don't blow my parents' house down, please. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Well. All right, should we wrap this up? <laughs> How do we do that? I don't know. We just say bye. Do we high five? Oh, yeah, we can high, high five. five. High five. Nice. We Louis Simos. All right. Uh, thank you guys for joining us on this adventure for our very first episode of I Minored in Art History. If this sounds bad, it was all Jocelyn's idea. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do this for so long, and now we're doing it, so. And I guess, um, uh, but, uh, but have a good night. Have a good night. That's all, folks. <laughs> Sorry, done. Cut that. Cut. Bye! <laughs>